right, uh, welcome back here. Kofi Yankwe here, and uh, we have a new name finally, right? Thank the good Lord. <laughs> uh, the new name is the Post Game Narratives. So that'll be the name of the podcast. And uh, was, before we get into the topics, uh, it was a big night for the Zaza family last night in uh, City Hall, as I heard. Yeah, you know, they just had a, you know, give me awards for all the services that I do for the next generation. As I lead the next generation into the future, they realize that the reason why my shoulders are so slunch is because I carry all the hopes and dreams of those kids on my back. And, you know, they gave something to my brother, but, you know, the show was always about me. I thought your brother was the one that made the speech, though. First of all, they didn't want me to go up there and make a speech, okay? Like, I'm one of the greatest talkers of all time. But I let my brother have his moment because he came from Philly to be out here, so... As a good young brother that I am, I gave him his time. He can't come out here for nothing. That's an hour, 30-minute drive. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But I was told from you last week that your mom was the one that requested your brother to make the speech. Obviously, your brother, you go with that, all the accolades. I know you don't want to get into all that. But why don't your mom, if that was the case, why don't your mom make you have the speech? Cool. What's your frustration? Right? I told I'm, you, I'm trying to spit the facts here. All right, we reason. came up with this okay, name because don't, it's post game narratives. Right? And I'm giving you the post game <laughs> truth. Okay, I'm giving you the pre game truth, and I'm giving you the post game truth. That's what happened. Okay, all that other stuff that did happen, but it was because I didn't want to make the speech. One of my brother, I didn't want my brother to come here for no reason. So that's what it is. Besides that, okay, yo, I I just wanted to you know because obviously it's it was a big moment. I saw the picture you posted on IG. I just figured you know what, you know, and I, you had some I, good pics on IG though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to you know give your brother his respect. Obviously, he's done a lot of great things in his life. You know, I know that's what I said. I gave him respect. He can come down here from Philly for no reason to just get an award. Now he need to make a speech. I'm in Newark. They can always hear from me. So okay. Be that as well. Just, you know, give a quick recap of what the event was about. And uh, the event was about uh, celebrating uh, Liberia's 176 um, inauguration since they've been created. So we had a lot of um, people come out. They recognized a lot of librarians who are in the community who've been, who were born and raised in Newark. So they gave everyone out if, um, some certificates, you know, acknowledging them that they what their work has done. The only thing is I wish they would have reached out to some more people because there's some other people who deserve that flowers like my cousin Melody with her um, her little company um, she with her company she's out there doing some good thread works and I love the fact that she was even on in Times Square and she was on the banner no, I didn't know that. Yeah, that my, my, the Zaza, the Zaza family, we out here, we doing some things, man. Shout out to Melody, shout out to Melody Ashman, go follow her. But um, yeah, you know, like I just don't want people to not be appreciated and don't get their flowers. So I'm always about like let's appreciate people while they're here because just because those people are are active in the community, there's people who aren't active in the community who aren't getting their flowers. You don't want people to always feel shunned out, but. Besides that, it was a really good program. Um, you know, uh, I got to see some relatives that I hadn't seen in a lot of years. So those are always good things. But anyway, uh, how was your week? That's uh, all right. You know, I'm you know me. I'm a very simple guy. So mm-hmm. you know, I just like to go to the gym. You know, that's that's really all I do. I'm not I'm not the voice person like you are. You you're always doing something. You're always active. So me, I'm just. Very low key, so yeah, low key. Sometimes you can find some, still some low key things to do, and it might be 
It might be low-key to you, but it might be big to other people. Like, uh, this week, I went to go see Dave Chappelle. I didn't, uh, at MSG, it was his 50th birthday. It was a dope day. He had some big names come out. He had George Wallace come out. He had Aziz Anari come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't even realize they were recording for his next Netflix special. So I was in the crowd for his, net, his yeah, next that's cool, Netflix yeah. special. I, that's, listen, this has been a really good week. And um was crazy, it didn't even end after he went, uh, he did his little routine. Burner Boy came out. Oh, wow. And Travis Scott came out. Oh, wow. So it went from a comedy show to a little rap rap party. I was, I was actually digging it, you know, even though MSG prices are ridiculous. Uh, $18 for beer, come on. I mean, that's that's MSG, though, so. They don't call it the world's most famous reader for no reason. Yeah, you're right, but come on. That, listen, you can't pay $27 for just a beer and some popcorn. Like, that. that's a little too much. It's a little too much for my, my taste and my mm-hmm. blood. I'm not losing an arm and a leg for some popcorn and some beer, all right? Y'all I, I can, I can keep that. <laughs> So I'm taking that you didn't buy any beer at MSG. That no, day. I did. Oh, you did? did. Oh, wow. That's okay. what I'm saying. I gave up an arm and a leg, and I'm going to have to take extra shifts at work just to make, <laughs> be able to make up for that, that uh, money spent. I think you'll be all right. <sighs> School year's about to start, so about to see them. Uh... Yeah, I know. I know. You don't, you don't want to say what you want to say, but... Them little shits. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to go there, but... Listen, when you've been in work and teaching as long as I have, you understand what kids are. All right, well, let's get into the topics. Uh, obviously, the big story in the NFL right now is Trey Lance. Uh, just got traded to the Dallas Cowboys uh, just last night. Uh, she got traded for a fourth-round pick. How do you give up a guy? You gave a first four-round picks for it. You get a fourth for him. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, John Lynch and uh, Kyle Shanahan, they miscalculated. They, they, I guess they thought that, you know, Trey Lance, he would, uh, they would groom him to be the next great quarterback in the 49ers organization. But obviously, uh, a lot of things happened. Obviously, he he, he was limited. He had limited play time to begin with before he got drafted. And the first year, he was, he was uh, Jim Garoppolo's backup. In the second year, he got hurt. And obviously, Brock Purdy became the... The guy, and he couldn't be out Sam Darnold, and here we are. The fact that he couldn't be out Sam Darnold to me is wild. You can't beat out the guy who sees Casper the Friendly Ghost on the field. Trey, I know you didn't play much, but you got to be able to beat out Sam Darnold. We know who Sam Darnold is at this point. For me, it shows that Trey didn't really get in the – the gym and he wasn't really focused he thought he was number one pick probably took a little bit too lax because there's some plays like i was watching it i'm like yo he's not reading the defense the way you should and you also have to re- you also but but i could you could say maybe he just doesn't have it because I, I you know me uh bj manuel he tried his hardest but he just didn't have it I so. that was a good pick for you guys that was a really let's, good not, let's not let's not get to that, please. Please. I, I only said E.J. Manuel to say a point that maybe Trey Lance, he's trying as hard as he can, but maybe he just doesn't have it. I mean, come on. E.J. Manuel, you know, he was, he's, a good, he's a good player. But anyway, <laughs> um, nah, I get that too, but I'm, I'm just saying when you get drafted that high, sometimes you become lazy. And we've seen a lot of first-round picks who – 
quarterbacks who do get lazy. Some of them don't. They don't study at home. Look at Kyle. Look at Kyle Murray. They have to put <laughs> things incentives with him just to study film. Well, they so, took that out. It, uh, but they, it was there. So that means this is what a lot of common folks understand. Those those players, they're studied by the team. The team knows what they do. So they know your study habits. They know what you do. And, like, listen, I, I feel bad for Trey because now, even though he's on the Cowboys, it's going to take him a while to get his confidence back. And now he's in another situation where the star's not – star's just as bright as it is in San, in San Francisco because – Remember, he's not he's, – he's the third quarterback there because they got Cooper Rush there as a backup. Exactly. And how long is Cooper Rush going to be the number two? If he plays bad because, you know, Dak, he's going to get hurt. He runs a lot. Cooper Rush. He was good last year. He was 4-1, I think. Yeah, yeah. Cooper Rush was 4-1. My gosh. This is, this, is the, this is the NFL that we are in. Uh, but, nah, I feel like Kyle Shanahan was thought he was too smart for his own good. And now it backfired on him. And now this really looks bad on him. Like, this is probably It only looks bad if they don't win. If they win the Super Bowl, nobody's going to care. Listen, Brock Purdy's coming off of an elbow injury. You don't know what you're going to get off of him. And, like, let's not let's not lie to, it, to the public. 49ers quarterbacks always get hurt. Like, can we can we, can we we put that out there? Their quarterbacks are always hurt. Jimmy G, I don't remember the last time Jimmy G had a full season. Uh, I, I don't, nothing, nothing, nothing comes to mind for me. Exactly. This is what I'm trying to say. You need... You need to have backups, and that's why I'm trying to say putting all your eggs in one basket with Brock Purdy is nice because he did go seven and one. But you also have to understand teams are studying him now. Teams had a whole offseason to study his habits. You don't know what you're gonna get with this. That's why I'm not trying to say the Trey Lance move wasn't wrong. Wasn't wrong. I agree, but I'm saying Kyle Shanahan. Sometimes you get a little too cute, and this is what happens. Now you got a little. Now this looks like a stain. This looks. This looks bad on them because. There were some picks they could have got with those first four-round picks that... that yeah, I saw I saw the team that really benefited from this was the Miami Dolphins. They were able to get uh, Waddle. They used one of the picks to get, um, I think, uh, Tyreek Hill. There you go. And I think they also used one of the picks to get Bradley Chubb. Bro, those are all superstars in the league right now. And now it's like you wasted it on a person you didn't even really believe in coming to training camp because you heard what they were saying. Brock Purdy... Outside of completely just having a bad couple of games, he wasn't losing that starting job. So now you've wasted picks on Trey Lance, and I, I feel bad for the kid because I'm like, he was out there and you knew he wasn't good, but you're still trying to you're still trying to bump him up. Don't do that. Just tell him. Just tell him the truth. It's okay. Listen, Kyle Shanahan, this is on you and um, John Lynch. John Lynch, this is on this is on both of them. They both have to take accountability for this. Like I said, if they win a Super Bowl, it's not going to matter. That that's that's basically it right there. How many times are they going to get to the NFC Championship? And they need to they need to get over that hump. I think the big thing for them is they have to get that number one seed. That's the big thing. But remember, they start off slow. They start off slow every year, and then they go on that little run. They win the the eight games at the end of the year. You can't do that right now. Even though, don't get me wrong, NFC is the NFC is wide open. There's not a lot of teams in the NFC. That can really stop them. You're just talking outside the Eagles and, and maybe the, the Cowboys. Cowboys. That's it. But you also don't want to go to the Eagles' place and have the same thing you have happened last year. So you might want to start off a little stronger than yeah. Think about it. the last two years, NFC Championship game. They were on the road. Mm-hmm. So. 
lost both of those games, man. Like, I'm trying to tell you, you put all your uh, um, eggs in one basket, Brock Purdy gets hurt, now you rely on Sam Darnold. I don't know, man. I'm just saying, like, the 49ers, that might be some bad karma. That might be some bad karma. I don't, I don't, I don't wish it on anyone because I know what that feels like, but. Do you really, though? Yes. Cause oh, yeah, Matt Castle. I forgot about that. Yeah, and now you see, now we're transitioning to talking about my team. Uh, do you really want to talk about the Patriots? Yes. Really? Yes. You sure? Yes. You know, we could talk about something else. No. Okay. Have at it, young boy. Patriots fans, I want you guys to understand this is going to be a long season. This is going to be a long season to watch. Last night, the Patriots played the Titans. And in four quarters of football, we put up 78 yards of offense. Now, the the positive Patriots fans would say, oh, Bianca, it's a preseason game. The Stars didn't even play. So what are you getting all worked up about a preseason game? Because in football, when the injuries happen, those are the people who come into the game. The thing that I'm seeing with the Patriots offense is everything – it's too close. There's no separation. Zappy and Mac Jones have to throw the best passes to get the receivers the ball. I, we can't play like that. You, no one, you can't, you can't just throw it to one receiver and ask him to go get it. There's no one on the Patriots receivers that I look at that I'm like, hey, you know what? One on one, go to him. You need that in the NFL. This is why when I said you need to go get DeAndre Hopkins, I wasn't just saying it because I think DeAndre Hopkins is a number one. I don't think he's all that. But at this stage of his career, he can still go get you a first down. It's his third and five. I can throw a jump ball to DeAndre Hopkins, and he can go get it somehow, some way. We don't have any of that. Like, when Patriots fans tell me Devontae Parker is this really good Receiver, I'm like, okay, he's fast, but he can't get separation. And this is the thing people aren't understanding. Just being fast and football fast are not the same thing. Because Jerry Rice wasn't the fastest receiver, but he always got open. Yeah, his route running was uh, elite. Exactly. And I look at Devontae Parker, his route running isn't elite. It's kind of like he relies on his speed too much. But cornerbacks and safeties know that I can probably jam him and he'll go into a different route. Yeah, perfect example of this is Tyreek Hill. Yeah? He really learned how to run routes, and you, I look at him now. Exactly. You, you, can't, you can't off-script everything. There's sometimes you can off-script in the game. It's all right. Like, Patrick Holmes does it sometimes, and, you know, we kind of kill him when he throws with his left hand and stuff like that. But that's only when it's needed. If you're always off-scripting and everything, people – with talent and technique can kill you. And that's what I'm seeing with the Patriots. I don't see anyone on that team that I'm just like, yo, he that person, he can take over. Because this season, this season schedule is rough. We're starting off with the, the Eagles, the first game. You're going to be in Philadelphia for that, right? No, we're going to be in Boston. No, no, I'm saying you're going to be in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Patriots, please... Give me, give me at least 15 points. I, I can't be in Philly and y'all score 10 points. Like, I get it. Eagles off. Eagles defense is ridiculous. You know, they, they have a really good uh, front four. But 
I can't be losing many more bets to Eagles fans. It it hurts, okay? Like you know, Eagles fans, you're gonna be there with a bunch of good friends, Penn State. So, listen, if I have to hear Tom Brady is a is a a, a bitch boy one more time, I'm like Tom Brady's not even on the team, guys. Nah, still we still hate Tom Brady for what? They're not gonna get over 2004. They won. They beat us in the Super Bowl. Like, let's let it go. No, but the first one. You always remember the first one that you lost. They had McNabb. They weren't winning with McNabb. <laughs> Come on. like They don't even like McNabb. That's the funny thing about it. <laughs> that's the thing that upsets me. I'm like, you have the quarterback that you know you didn't believe in, but you're still mad at us. For what? But I get it. You, when you're a fan, you yeah, want that. Yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. That's why I'm never too mad about it. Think about it. those two Super Bowls you guys lost. Not to, not, I didn't want to bring it up, but you're still mad about those two, right? Yeah. There but you see that. That the eighteen and one is the always gonna be the bane of my existence. Because as Patriots oh. fans, no, think about it. If you win that Super Bowl. I, I wouldn't. We would have never heard it from the end of you. You would have talked about that forever. First of and all, ever and ever okay, and okay. ever. Okay, I'm. I don't like how now that the Patriots are losing, everyone's reveling in it because us as Patriots fans, you had have, 20 years where you won six Super Bowls. What do you think was going to happen when pe- when uh, the Patriots run came to an end? Okay, first of all, when we were winning, we were humble. Okay, we were hum- humble. humble. Okay, we were no, humble okay. fans. No, 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 okay. No, 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 no. We sat there and we wanted to see everyone else get a chance. I feel like... you did it. Come on. Okay, first of all... Did you ever want to see the Bills be good? Yes, because I was tired of people talking nonsense about the AFC East. See how I cared about you guys? I mean, the Jets, they're they're a different cause. The Jets, they never deserve to be good. The Dolphins? Really? The Dolphins always beat us at the last game of the season. And you know that even when we were winning the Super Bowl, the Dolphins always somehow... Win that last game of the season. The night, remember when they returned the kid? They they had the touchdown when Gronk was on defense. I don't know why Gronk's on defense. <laughs> he has. I mean, you still won the Super Bowl that year. So. But I'm saying we always lose to the Dolphins. And think about it, we haven't beat Tua since he's been drafted. So my point is, y'all, point. The point is, nobody's gonna, nobody's crying green bananas for the Patriots. And I know that's what I'm trying to say. And us Patriots fans, we are good. Christian and humble people. We care about the NFL. And y'all don't care about us that now that we No Boston sports team fans are humble. Same thing with New York, same thing with LA, same thing with Chicago, any of the major cities in America. None of the sports fans are humble. I don't think there is a humble sports fan in me, I don't you. I was very humble. I was very humble to the end. Right. And I believe in you, M- Mac Jones. MJ ten, I believe in you. Okay, for this Patriots talk. Um, so, <sighs> it's week zero in college football. The matchups aren't all that great. Uh, Navy played Notre Dame. That wasn't much of a, a game. Uh, anything that stands out to any uh, Zero game? interest. Just like it's week zero, zero interest. <laughs> because college football, you guys should feel ashamed of yourselves putting those schedule together. You guys should feel ashamed. I mean, but that's how college football is. It's, you know, it builds up. The first couple weeks are, you know, it's okay. And then as the the conference schedule rolls around, that's when you get the big matchup. That's how college football is. And that's why they need to change it up. 
Look at the NFL. The NFL is starting off with the Red Hot Lions versus the Champs. That's how you start off the season. You can't start off a season in Penn State playing West Virginia. <laughs> Listen, West Virginia hasn't been good since Geno Smith, but we're supposed to get excited for that. That's that's not how that's not how the league works. You need a you need to start off strong and then you finish strong. Maybe you take a little break in the middle. You could put the Penn State versus Delaware there after they come out from um, after they face Ohio State. You, you put that little game in there. But to have three weeks of a row of build-up games, I just feel is, is ridiculous. And that, I think that's what's hurting the league. That's what's hurting uh, college football. So you're, you're okay with the direction it's going where it looks like it's going to be two big conferences with the SEC and the Big Ten? Yes. I like that. Because now it's going to force these teams to face upper tier talent. You're not, you can't take, maybe you'll have a one or a two where it's like, yeah, we might face Delaware, you know, that little, but no, you got to face USC. You got to face all those people. I like that. Make it worthwhile. The first two weeks of college football are terrible because from 12 to 10, there's probably two games you can watch. Yeah, and I saw the schedule today, and not much going on. Notre Dame beat um, Navy. Navy, forty-two to three. Just because I mean I love football, but I'm not going to watch a game like that. Bad football is just as bad as it is, and I'm not going to watch it. It's just not my thing. So you're not interested in let's see, uh, you're not interested in San Jose versus San Jose State versus uh, USC. No. You're not interested in FIU versus Louisiana Tech. Come on, stop it! Why, why, like when they, when they, when the, when the people who made uh, the schedule, when they really look back on this, did they really think, yeah, this is it, this is it? Well, the schools themselves, you know, I know the conferences, they, they, they're the ones that make the schedule, so. and they should be fine too. My goodness, it's just, just all these powder puff teams. Like, what, what's going on? But obviously, some of that's the schools. Like, uh, the former AD of Penn State, she was like, oh, we like these, you know, we like these, uh, playing these uh, smaller schools. It helps our record. Penalize them. Penalize them. You should have two in a season, because the season's what? Uh, what? 12 games. 12 games. Yeah. You should have two cupcake teams. Two. The rest of those 10 should be tough games. You cannot sit here and be like, oh, well, we like it because it keeps our record. But then when you don't make the college um, playoff. playoffs, it's because your 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 schedule's weak. Look look at what happened to Penn State uh, the year they won the Big Ten. They could have made the the college um, playoffs, but what did they do? You lost to Pitt. Pitt. Now you're out. But if you had faced someone at least a little bit better, you maybe you maybe it's it's close. Now it's like, okay, Penn State went on that run. Let's put him in. But you lose the pit, it's done. And the thing is, you can't even keep it close with those teams either. <sighs> All right, another another big topic in the NFL is the running back situation. We uh, got clarity on one situation with Josh Jacobs. He just got a one-year extension. Up to, it could be up to $12 million with incentives. Uh, and then obviously Jonathan Taylor, uh, he requested a ch- trade from the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he has until Tuesday, and that's cut day, 
to find a trade and possibly get the extension with a new team. So what do you think of the situation right now? <laughs> the running back situation is not one they can win because no team is willing to give them any money. They're willing to throw out these ridiculous uh, incentives that really have nothing to do with you as a as a player, where it's it's more team-based than what you can do for that team. So, listen, I'm glad these people are getting their money, but I think the more you give in, the more teams are looking at like, oh, all we have to do is just uh, fluffy it up a little bit. You guys want to play? It. Listen, and I know he's an outlier, but what Le'Veon Bill did, that was big thing. Like, he, he made teams like, oh, I know he wants to play. And remember, he... He took that year off in the high, the height of his career too. Yeah, never cut from it. So, it and I and I feel for the running backs because it's like if I do take that year off, am I going to be the same player? Yeah, yeah. But if I if I take the money from the team, now they devalue me. And you also got to say running back. It's uh, no one situation basically. Because running back uh, lifespan is you talk about two to four years. I'm looking at Derrick Henry. I'm like. That two thousand yard season is done. Like I don't, I don't see him doing that. Yeah, he's been nicked up. The Titans wanted to move off of him in in the middle of the this uh, the off season. They wanted to move off of him. Look at Saquon. He talked all that big game. What do you do? He signed one of the most nonsensical deals I've ever seen. Well, he had no choice. He had no choice. But that's what I'm saying. When the thing is, he had an exception. Uh, at the bye week last year, and I think he, I think it might have been thirteen dollars per year. He didn't mm-hmm. take it. He he wanted uh, Christian McCaffrey money, but that that's not there. Look at the Panthers. They they realize, uh, you know, as good as he is, he's a running back. Yeah, and we're not gonna be good for the next few years. So that's that that's just so sad, man. Like we always knew the running back position was devalued, but it. I think this is the height of it. And I don't think it's going to get any better because you got to think about it. for teams, they're like, I can draft someone and I can have a session later rounds. Exactly. Yeah. I can just have a three, a three headed workhorse system. No one needs to be carrying the ball 15 times. No, you, you spread that out. So if you're not a Nick Chubb where you're a guaranteed workhorse, you're not, you're not making any money. Yeah. It, in Christian McCaffrey, the reason why that separ- he separates from other um, running backs, he can catch. He can get outside the pocket. Uh, you know, you can you can throw it up. But Saquon can do that too, but Saquon's always hurt. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that hurts Saquon. So yeah, I feel I feel really bad for these running backs, but uh, I don't I don't know how it gets any better. I don't I don't know how it gets any better. Let's wrap it up. Uh, what do you think of Jonathan Taylor? Do you think uh, he gets traded, or do you think uh, he has to sit with Colts? Uh, I I don't think he can go back to the Colts. I think that bridge has been burned, especially when your owner talks the way he does, and he's not he's not the best at it. Yeah, Jr. says had his you know issues. Uh, yeah, stay off the Twitter, my guy. You got to stay off the Twitter. As an owner, you, you're doing too much. You're doing way too much. Uh, I I think I think he's unfortunately gonna have to go back. I don't see a team trading for him because remember, you, not only have to trade out, you got to give up. They want a first off pick. They're not getting a first off pick for Jonathan Taylor. But if you give like maybe like a second or a third, 
you're gonna have to sign him. You have no choice. You give those uh, draft capital to get him. So, and I don't know if a team's gonna be willing to trade him and then extend him. So he's 24. Still though, he's young. Like that's what I'm trying to say. Like if this was if if this was like Derrick Henry asked for a contract, I'd be like, I can get that. But he's 24. You can at least get at least a good two three years out of him. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're an established team, I think you you have to go after him. If you're trying to win this Super Bowl this year, you got to go after him because you need that. If it was simple, it was just case, hey, we pay him one year, I uh, didn't let him go. But their teams don't think of it that way. Yeah, Especially I get when it. Especially when you're giving them premium draft picks, like a, a second-round pick or a third-round pick. It's uh, rough. It's rough out here, man. So I think more than likely he's going to stay with the Colts. And but then he's going to... He's going to throw hissy fits a lot. And then it's like, nothing he can do, man. Nothing he can do. All right, well, we have a new segment coming up, uh, Pepper Takes. Uh, I'll throw some um, some topics. They're going to be not sports-related topics, and Yaku will have his uh, takes on it. He's going to take some pepper soup takes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the first one is uh, Irv Gotti, once again in the news. He talked about how... He suggested that Nas uh, should be, you know, should flaunt her, you know, her status in the, the hood. You know, big cars, big chains, all that stuff. And Nas turned him down, obviously, and he made fun of Nas for that. And what do you think of that? Man, Irv Gotti, Irv Gotti is one of those people that I don't think he needs to have a live mic anymore. Because a lot of the stuff he's been saying to me is just weird. It started with that Ashanti thing. Now it's like you're telling Nas, hey, let's go to the hood and be iced out. My guy, I don't wear ice, and I wouldn't even go out in the hood like that. You don't take that type of risk. That, to me, is just weird. Like, I'd be like, I'd have turned him down, too, and I ain't even got Nas money. I, I'm nowhere near Nas <laughs> money, and I still would have turned him down because you don't know who's out there um, – Who's willing to take that risk? Because you gotta understand, when people are poor, they're desperate. Yeah. So that desperation turns into recklessness. So like, I don't want to be out there with that type of stuff. I told Irv Gotti, yeah, you know, I'll go meet you out there. I never would have showed up. I never would have showed up. <laughs> I, I, he could have called me three, four times. I'm not showing up because you're being reckless right now. And then you're, you're eating it, chicken. Wait, wait. Didn't he say? Uh, I didn't listen to the whole the whole clip of that, but I heard that he said that. If we die, we'd be martyrs. I'm like, what? Listen, I listen. I ain't. I don't even want to be a martyr. I listen. I'm good. I'm good. You want to be a martyr? Like I said, it's on you. You take that. You take that risk. Me, I'm good. I don't want to be no martyr. I don't want. I don't want to be remembered for doing something dumb like that because that's dumb. Like we're gonna be martyrs. No, you're gonna be fools. Is everyone be like, why'd you go out there in the first place? And listen. Baltimore is a terrifying place at night. Like, let's, I've been out there. Uh, uh, it, listen, listen. You go in the house at, at uh, 8.30. Like, that, that's the type <laughs> of place it is. That's the type of place it is. No, no, no. Irv Gotti, you, you're doing a little too much. And yeah, he's, he's stuck in 2002. 2002. It's not 2002 anymore, my guy. You got to grow up and realize, hey, you had your time. It's over. You got to grow up and, and learn from all your experiences. Seems like he he hasn't learned from experiences, and he's just he's just talking now. That's why you need to take his microphone away. Irv Gotti, listen, no more mic for you. Like, yo, just just do what you've been doing. Stay low. That's it. You see, Ja Rule, 
See how Ja Rule does it? He's underneath the screen. He don't really say anything. And I feel bad for him. Even when he do say anything, he gets clowned. So you know what he does? He lays low even lower. Everybody, lay low. Stop talking. It's, it's okay, bro. We know no one's going to judge you. <laughs> All right. The next uh, thing I want to get to you about is uh, Kevin Hart. He's in the news. Uh, he's in the wheelchair. And why is he in the wheelchair? <laughs> because he thought... Let's race against Stephen Ridley, a former NFL uh, wide receiver in a race on the street. I, and I sent you the clip that Stephen Ridley posted on IG where Kevin Hart, he, he at, at some point, when he was badly losing, he came up lame because he tore some muscles in his abdomen. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Listen, when I first saw this, this just reminded me of, like, when I always say, like, I want to go suit back up. I could go play, like, four quarters. Do you know the type of energy <laughs> it would take me to play four quarters of football right now? I would probably not tear something, but I wouldn't be able to move for at least a week. You got to understand, when we're older, <laughs> we, we don't have that type of energy. This is why when I saw the clip, I was like, Kevin. And they remember, they raced twice, too. They raced two times. Oh, yeah. Oh, so... You got to understand that your body don't function the same way after 30. You can't be doing those type of things anymore. I know. He's in good shape. He's in good- he works out all the time. He yeah. boxes. And, but that's that's what I'm trying to say. Even that, Father Time still takes that away from you. Now he's out for six to eight weeks. I know it sucks for him because I know he wanted to be at uh, Dave Chappelle's um, 50th birthday. Now he can't even go to that because you got to wheel him out. Yeah. You got to take him up the stairs. Hey, yo, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, sit down. <laughs> listen, there are certain things I want to do. I tell Kofi all the time. Like, listen, the Patriots ever need someone, you know, they can call me up. But when I see a couple of them hits, I'm like, you know what? I remember a story you told me one time. Uh, you went to a Penn State practice. This was like early in, uh, it was either freshman year or sophomore year Penn State? It was our junior year when we first got up there. Um, and you were thinking, about, oh, maybe I should do. You know, I was like, out. I was like, you know, let me let me go see. I stood on the sidelines and I saw someone get hit. I was like, first of all, these these players are massive. Okay, I I'm just here, just trying to keep a good workout schedule. But nah, D one, especially the way the as high as Penn State up. Listen, if you haven't been practicing for that, you can't just go out there. You you won't get hurt. I saw someone get hit. I was like, "Nah, I'm good. Let me, let me, let me take my dumb self back to my room." And I went right home and studied because I was like, <laughs> "Football, football has passed me by." You know, like don't, don't, don't get it wrong. You know, I can still go out for like a couple of pickup games or two, some flag football. But even when I played that flag football um, a couple of years ago. The body wasn't. The body wasn't yeah, feeling yeah. it after that. <laughs> I feel like you're laughing in your, in your your pain too, right? I know. I'm still in pain. <laughs> I'm still in pain. There's some days where if that first rain hits, uh, my knees creaking a little bit. Knees creaking I've a little those, bit. I've heard those stories about people saying, you know, they had bad knees. Oh that. yeah, I ain't got as bad knees as my brother, but there's sometimes like I. I'm moving knee a little too much. I hear a little creak. I'm like, oh, okay. Let me, let me, let me slide to the left a little bit. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't got. I, ain't, I can't keep doing it. All right. Our last pepper take is. I can't believe I got to go into this, but 
this guy, he just, for some reason, he always has to say some, just some egregious, blatant lie. And the person I'm talking about is Hulk Hogan. I saw, I saw you a thread of various lies he sent over the years. And recently, I think he said something about how Brock Lesnar, when he came out at UFC, that was his first match was against Hulk Hogan. I was like, at that point, Hulk Hogan was done. Wow, I don't, I don't understand these these lies about Hulk Hogan. What do you, what do you make Hulk Hogan? <sighs> Hulk Hogan, when you're at the top like that, you get really insecure. And the thing I see about him is like, because people are always questioning, like, if he's number one, if Austin's number one, you know, and people seem to like Austin being number one more than him. So, like, you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to uh, update his resume. Like, oh, you know, I did this. So, you know, he can creep back into that number one spot. And I'm like, you, you weren't even in the you weren't even in the WWE when Brock Lesnar got signed. Remember, he's in 2000. He's still in WCW. No, no, no. He was there. In 2000? So, so yeah, he. No, no, I mean when Brock, because he said when he, he came back, yeah, he yeah, came yeah, back, he in came back. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you were done. At that I was point. like, he was done. Like, well, why would you have a match with Brock Lesnar? And I know Brock's not going to say anything about it because Brock doesn't like people. But it's just like hope, like all these lies, like, like there was one, there was one really bad one. He said that Elvis was a Hulkamaniac. <sighs> First of all. Elvis died in, in 1977. You didn't yeah. become the Hulk Hogan character until 1979. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, like I said, it, it's that, it's that when you're at the top, you always trying to stay at the top. He still thinks he's in the business. It's like, bro, it's okay. You, you gotta say, Hulk Hogan is on the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. Whether we like him or not, you know we all do the fuck Hogan all, yeah. but he's still a Mount Rushmore wrestler. You gotta understand, Hogan put the business in the best period it's ever been in. But he's insecure. He's still insecure at the end of the day. And that's why he brings, he brings up all these lies of the Rocky Three nonsense. I'm like, bro. Yeah, him drinking with John Belushi. I'm like, you know, John Belushi had passed away exactly. a few years ago it's at like, that point. It's like, bro, what are you trying to get at? And that's my thing because you don't see Austin doing this. You don't see Rock doing yeah. this. They're comfortable with where they're at. They know they're great. They know they're this. People don't really question them like that. People question Hogan all the time. Why'd you hold back Macho? Why'd you hold back this person? Why'd you hold back that person? And don't get me wrong. Austin probably did the same thing, but he's just not egregious with it. Hulk Hogan's just in your face. You knew if you went to Hulk Hogan and be like, yo, Hogan, you gonna put me over tonight? He'd be like, yeah, brother, I'm gonna do that. But then when you leave, he go to Vince. Um, we're, we're not gonna do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he know people don't, people, don't, people don't really fuck with him like that. So he's always on the defensive. He's always trying to find new ways because now you got new wrestling fans. So now he's like, oh, let me put this out there because they already know I'm great. But he don't know that the internet's there. People looking this stuff up. Yeah, I'm like, come on. It's like in the 80s back when nobody had internet. We could say nonsense and get away with it. Elvis? Like, come on, bro. <laughs> like, I heard that. I was like, Elvis? Elvis died in 77. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, what? <laughs> What's wrong with this guy? I'd be like, yo. And he and the the other person who does this too that people don't talk about as much. Jordan does this. When LeBron, it's not, it's not, as, it's not as egregious, but he still does it. That's what I'm trying to say. Like when you're at the top, you still do it. Because when LeBron won, what do you do? Last Dance. Now he had that movie that just came out. It's all these things like, oh my my mantle's being questioned. Let me come out with something that that changes. 
that changes the narrative. Oh, Jordan was a killer. Jordan was that. Jordan was this. When you're at the top, you always want to stay at the top. And I get that. that that's, how, that's how life is. But you got to understand, like, you open the door for other people. Like, let it be. Like, just take a step back. That's why Hogan, when he lies, to me, I don't really get mad about it. I'm just like, that's just an insecurity showing up. That's just him having self-doubt of who Hogan really is. I'm like, bro, just be great. But just stop talking as much. Like, bro, you got your little your little restaurant. Go do that, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. The kids come up to you. What you gonna do? Do that. Be that. But don't don't come out here and be lying dead in our face. Like you going to Joe Rogan's podcast, acting like people don't listen to Joe Rogan and gonna call your bluff. Come on, bro. Giving me a headache. <laughs> uh, let me just do a quick uh, wrestling thing. Obviously, uh, has sad news in the wrestling world. Uh, two uh, deaths: uh, Terry Funk, the legendary Terry Funk, mm-hmm. passed away at the age of seventy nine. And uh, even more shocking. Was uh, Wyndham Rotunda, uh, most WWE fans know him as uh, Bray White, unfortunately passed away. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp reported that uh, he had suffered COVID, and uh, as a result of that, he had uh, some health, um, some heart issues, and uh, fortunately had a heart attack and passed away at the uh, way too young age of 36 years old. Yeah, that that was rough. Like, you know, <sighs> Bray Wyatt passing rough because you had heard reports that he was getting back on track to do a return. Mm-hmm. People think he was going to come back at SummerSlam. Um, and, like, he's 36. Yeah. He's only two years, four years older than us. Yeah. Like, it, it makes you really think back and look on life like, hey, this is this is wild. Like, you know, this is why they always say cherish every moment you've got. Um, Terry Funk, that's one of the hardcore legends right there, yeah. man. Yeah, McFoley you know? said there'd be no hardcore legend. Uh, hardcore, uh, he wouldn't be the hardcore legend without Terry Funk. Yep. Yeah, and it sucks that we lost all them back-to-back, but um, it was great what WWE did for them on Friday. Mm-hmm. They, 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 uh, WWE, you know, they, they put out some really good tribute packages. I love what they did. I love what the wrestlers did. I love that everyone gave him his flowers. Mm-hmm. And they gave him his flowers even when he came back. When he first came back that um, that first time after he got fired and he did thank you, like you saw the crowd give him his flowers. And mm-hmm. I love that. I love, this is why I always say, I love when people get their flowers when they're alive because when they're not alive and you give them the flowers, there's no one there yeah. to accept it. I always feel bad Macho Man didn't get that moment. But, <sighs> yeah, it, it, it's just it's just so sudden, and now he, two kids, and doesn't he have kids from the the first marriage? Yeah, too? yes, yeah. So they all grown up without a father. Yeah. Like that's that's a wild thing to think of. Yeah. Terry Funk, he was it was a little different situation. He was older. He yeah, dementia. dementia yeah. So you know, but still, shout out to that family. Um, you know, I just I just pray for um, both of their families. You know, as they come in this uh, relief. Really um, yeah. tough time, yeah. but um, you know, yeah, definitely rest in peace to both Terry Funk and uh, Bray White. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, next week we're gonna have a new segment called MV Picks. MV Picks. MVP uh, Picks. Yeah, yeah, MVP most Picks. Most valuable yeah. picks. But but going back to that, uh, I just want to say WWE that Terry Funk hardcore match. <laughs> I didn't watch it, but I heard, I heard it was bad. Yeah. Do you have a hardcore match? With one table. 
Now, to be fair, apparently the Kentucky Athletic uh, State Athletic Commission uh, very strict rules in terms of blood and stuff. So obviously they were eliminated in terms of what they could do. So I get it, but you could have done something more. Kendo sticks. WWE doesn't even bleed anyway. You could have done something. That's not... just call it a regular hardcore match. Don't do that to Terry Funk. Terry Funk probably saw that and was like, "What are we doing?" But that's just that's just the wrestling fan in me just nitpicking. But let's let's go to the MVP picks. Um, I didn't see anything that came up to mind for week one, so I'd rather save for next week. But if you have anything, uh, no. Like I said, zero interest in any of these games in picking any of them. You will not get an MVP pick from me until the start of the NFL season because college football wants to play a little, play it safe all the time, okay? Next week, tune in because I'm going 6-0 and in my picks because we're doing all the big games. I'm going 6-0 and in my picks. And I'm choosing... The Patriots to win over the Eagles. I'm calling it right now. Patriots are beating oh, Eagles uh, at, there, there you at have Gillette. It. Gillette. Patriots are beating Eagles at Gillette Stadium. Well, we haven't even started the, our segment, and Yahweh is he's already going out of the limb. And uh, I don't know about that one, man. I don't know about that one. First of all, okay, you're a Bills fan. Okay, you you don't, you don't understand what us Patriots fans are going through right now. I have no Super Bowl. Uh, I've never seen a Bills Super Bowl championship, so okay, Kobe, it's even worse than. Kobe, this ain't about you, all right? This is me. This is my my picks. You, okay, you've seen six Super Bowl championships. How many Super Bowls have you seen even before Bill Belichick got there? You saw one with Bill Barcells and Drew Bledsoe. I, I, I just feel like you attacking me because I'm just saying I'm seeking for <laughs> every other every other NFL fan, especially the ones that haven't seen a Super Bowl championship. Look at the Jets fan. You know why they're over They deserve it. They deserve it. Okay? They deserve it. Because if I have to see that stupid Joe name and walking <laughs> in that tunnel one more time, okay? How about Lions fan? They haven't seen anything. They're, they live in Detroit. They don't deserve anything. <laughs> what about the Browns fans? All Come right? On. They're the Browns. Stop it. I'm just saying, look at these various fans. Chargers. Look at all these times they've lost in the playoffs. That's on them. <laughs> this is, the Chargers are the, the, the team that never... Wins when they're supposed to. They should have beat the Jets that year in the AFC Championship game. They lose. Oh, 27, yeah, yeah. Exactly. My point exactly. So that's why I don't feel too bad for some of these teams. But, like I said, we're going with the Patriots over the Eagles. I'm calling it... twenty-one seventeen. All right, there you got it. Uh, first of six picks, right? Yep. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, Yonkwe, you're going to be in Philadelphia. Uh, we know, you know some of our good friends from Penn State, our Eagles fans. They're going to be on you for that one. And they're going to hear my mouth when we win. What happens if they lose? You still won't hear my mouth because we got <laughs> probably got cheated. But, but that's besides the point. Um, I'm going with it. I'm going with it. It's in my heart. All right, well, well, we'll have our picks next week. And obviously, Yonkwe's already going on a limb already. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap things up? Hey, my anime fans, <laughs> you know what comes out this week. August 31st, the greatest anime of all time, One Piece. We coming out here. Now, actually, I actually wanted to get into that. Uh, 
You you've been saying that last few weeks on Twitter. I've noticed. Yeah, because I believe it. The greatest manga ever told, better than Dragon Ball Z, better than Naruto, and now we got a live action movie that's killing it right now. Come on, what are we talking about right now? What are we talking about right now? One Piece, and you also got to think about it. One Piece had literally a 17 year behind the back start and we came and overtook Naruto and Dragon Ball Z what are we talking about Dragon Ball Z's been in America since the 90s Naruto has been on Cartoon Network since 2003 where's Naruto's live action Dragon Ball Z we're not going to talk about that cuz oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon, Dragon Ball Evolution yeah, no, no, yeah no, we don't no, talk no, about that see 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 that's fair but yo come on man Oda, Ichiro Golda, man, that man's pen is on fire every week, and he got eye surgery and came back shooting out lasers. That's what he's putting on paper. I need y'all to understand. This is the greatest story ever told. And ever I, told? You're talking about story ever? Even the even even better than anything you've heard from going back to. The parables of the back in the day in the Bible and all that stuff. Greatest story ever <laughs> told. Greatest story ever told, man. I'm getting my straw hat. Monkey D. Luffy is the greatest main character of any anime. He's the greatest main character of any, 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 any anime. Doesn't want to be wifed up. Doesn't want to be, doesn't want to do anything. That man, you know what that man wants to do? He just wants to have the freedom. I can respect that. I can respect that. Watch it. August 31st. I'm telling you guys. You guys will be blown away by what Oda has done. The man outsold Batman. It's the number two comic in oh, the I, world. Yeah, oh, yeah. I saw that stat. I was like, wow. Even even more than any of the DC or Marvel comics. It's about to catch Superman. It's going to catch Superman. Come on. What are we talking about? It was Yankee's final thoughts on um, One Piece, obviously. Big fan of One Piece, obviously. Uh, and, well, that's, that'll wrap it things up here. Uh, Go watch One Piece. <laughs> Go watch One Piece. And I'm out. All right. That's been the post-game narratives. Uh, thanks for watching. Uh, episode 3. And we'll be back for another episode coming next week. After One Piece.